Thank you, Lord. Let's praise him with the hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we bless you today. We bless you today. We bless you today. John the Revelator who pulled the curtain back for us to see into the heavens and to see the glories of the world that was to come had this to say, Thou art worthy, O Lord. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. He went on to say, You are worthy to take the book and open the book. And he wrapped it up in the fifth chapter and he said, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. You serve the great and mighty one who is worthy of every praise. Come on, let's do that one more time. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. What a great presence of the Lord is in this place, and I am grateful for that. It's so good to see all of you here today. I want to take just a moment to thank you, and we will be doing that in a formal letter to the church, but our hearts are overflowing with the wonderful outpouring of love that you showed to my wife and I and our family this past weekend. It was one of the most humbling experiences of my life. And uh, I cannot, I don't have the words to tell you how much I love all of you and thank you for showing us that kindness and to all of the people that helped make it happen. Uh, I think Sister Leanne was kind of in charge of it, putting to committee, but there were committees for everything. And there were so many of you that were helping Brother Landon, Sister Sarah, so vital a part of what God is doing here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us and for opening your heart to us. Praise God. I know that you have heard of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible said that slipped behind him and reached out and touched the hem of his garment. I know that many people have been inspired by her story to thrust their hand out to the same Jesus and they have received their touch because of that reach of faith. Amen. We call that effort of that woman the touch of faith. And many, many of us have been inspired to do just as she did and reach out to him. But this morning, for a little while, I want to talk to you about a greater touch of faith. Everybody go with me to the book of Matthew, 
chapter 8. We will begin reading with verse number 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, everybody say immediately, Immediately. his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, shew thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The story that we have read from is found in the first three books of the gospel. Matthew, Mark, and Luke comprise what is known as the synoptic gospels. Synoptic simply means that they see together or together sight. They see things with a common view. Though they were different, they saw the events and the outpouring of God's mercy upon man and they recorded it for our help. Matthew was a tax collector and he was called by the Lord to be one of the twelve. Mark was a close associate of Peter and most likely he wrote his book uh, as Peter retold the stories of what had happened in his own life. Luke was a physician and a friend who traveled with Paul through his journeys. Matthew was written predominantly for the Jewish audience and Mark was written for the Roman audience and Luke was written for mostly the Gentile audience. Almost all of Mark is found in Matthew. About 90% of Mark's writings can be found in Matthew and about 50% of them are found in Luke. They are three different men with three different viewpoints and speaking to three different audiences, but all about one story to tell. And that was the story of Jesus Christ and his earthly journey. Imagine, if you will, with me the scene that unfolds before us. Jesus is passing through Galilee and it is early in his ministry and he comes to this particular place and into that narrative steps a leper. Matthew tells us that he came and worshipped him. Mark adds that when Jesus saw him, he was moved with compassion Jesus was moved by what he saw and what he witnessed. That was something that a leper was unaccustomed to. They had known pity. 
but they had very seldom ever known compassion. And there is a difference between the two. Pity, but not compassion. They had known rejection, but they had never felt inclusion. Luke goes further and tells us that the man was full of leprosy, which literally means that he was covered in every part of his body. If you gather all of these writings together and you put them in one consolidated story, you will see the most pitiful sight that can be imagined. A man who, according to Scripture, is covered. He is full from head to toe of a scaly, flaky skin disease that made him an outcast to all men. A man that was infected with an insidious disease that the disease alone was bad enough, but what it produced in their life was even worse. At that time, leprosy was the most offensive and annoying and most dangerous skin disease known to man. Next to touching a dead body, there was nothing that would more violate the Old Testament law than for a rabbi or a priest to touch someone with leprosy. It was a terror to mankind and looked upon with disdain and they were despised and they were loathed. Anyone infected by this disease was considered an outcast, living a separated life. They faced rejection on every corner, isolation, and they were considered the lowest of society that they had committed some unpardonable sin of which they would carry the marks of the rest of their life. They were reduced to begging and they were beyond the touch of men. According to the Old Testament law, a leper could not come within six feet of another person. And if the wind was blowing, you could not come within 150 feet. I cannot imagine the kind of life that they actually lived. Isolated, outcast, alone, despised, rejected, unclean. And as if this disease was not enough, the leprosy, they were tagged with a term that was even more degrading. For the word leper was a derogatory term that lowered them to an even lower place in life. And they were considered unclean and they were unworthy of the human touch. And yet in his wretched condition, the Bible said that he still came and worshipped Jesus. Oh, that must stir somebody today. I know it stirred me because sometimes we in our perfect condition fail to worship him as we ought to. But this man refused to let his issue stop him from worshiping this one called Jesus. And so I tell you today, don't allow your problems to paralyze you. Don't allow your problems to silence your voice because your worship, your worship is worth something to him. 
even in your weakest moment and in the most wretched of conditions, he appealed to the master. And if thou wilt, he said, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. We don't know what prompted that man to do that. Perhaps he had heard of other miracles that had already happened. I only know that when Jesus came by, he seized that opportunity and he took that leap of faith and he cried out to Jesus, Are you willing to take a chance on me? Are you willing to risk my life? Are you willing to do the unexpected? And Jesus moved with compassion, didn't stop there, because others perhaps had felt that emotion toward him. But he didn't stop with compassion. The Bible said that he reaches forth his hand and he touches him. Oh, yes, he does. Something that he hadn't had happen in his life in a long, long time, perhaps forever. But Jesus was willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. He could have healed him by a word. He didn't have to touch him. He could speak a word and it would have been done. This is God incarnate. The same spirit that moved over the face of the deep and said let there be light is the same spirit that indwells this human body and so he could have spoken the word. And he could have declared him to be clean. He could have said it. He could have commanded it. And he did that on other occasions. He told the ruler, go on home. Your son is healed. And when the man arrived at his house, he found that the boy was healed. And it happened at the very hour in which he spoke the word. I'm telling you today that he has the power to speak and command anything to happen in our life. So why did he not do that? Why did he choose to do something out of the expected and reach out and touch this unclean, unworthy man? You see, the greatest cry of a leper was not for compassion but for the human touch. For somebody to just reach out to me. For somebody just to make an effort to to recognize that I am a human, that I am just like you. Though I may have a problem or an issue, I am still worthy of the same love and the same compassion. But his problem had isolated him and in the eyes of man, he was unworthy of that touch. He was unworthy of that effort. But Jesus said, I want to tell you something, world. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your condition is. I don't care where you come from. I am willing to take a chance on you. And I am willing to risk that chance. Hallelujah. Oh, it was that divorce from his fellow man that was the greatest calamity of his life. It was not just his physical disease but it was that divorced spirit that so inhabited his life, separated. It was the belief that he was a moral contagion to the world and he didn't deserve fellowship with everybody else. 
the greatest cry was for somebody just to touch him. It would have been easy to get touched after he was healed. It would not have been hard for anybody to embrace him after he was clean. But Jesus said, I'm not going to wait until you're clean to touch you. I'm going to touch you while you're unclean. I'm going to touch you while you're unworthy. I'm going to touch you while you're not deserving of what this is going to bring into your life. And even in this service this morning, it's already happened. His hand has reached out in this service. Service uh, to you and I who are undeserving. We don't deserve that. But He does it anyway. He does it anyway. He does it anyway. Amen. Oh, I'm sure many had prayed for the man, but nobody would touch him. Many had looked at the man, but nobody would touch him. But instead of just looking, and observing, Jesus reaches forth and touches the leper, unhealed, unclean. And to me, this is the greater faith. It is the faith of a man who looked at an individual and said, I see greater things in you than what your problem is saying about you. I see greater things and greater possibilities in your life than whatever your issue may be at this present moment. And I'm here to tell you that as surely as the Lord Jesus Christ looked at that man and saw greater possibilities, he's looking into this room right here and he's risking a touch. He's reaching out into my life even though I am unworthy and I do not deserve it. Because that is the greater touch. It's when the Creator reaches out His divine hand and touches the hem of my garment. It's when He reaches out and touches my heart. He touches my mind. My mind may be broken and my heart may be broken. My life may be in shambles and my, my, what my image may be repulsive, but the Lord is not repulsed by my problem. He is not repulsed by my issue. He is not afraid to make his contact with me. Even when my heart is full of sin, he still will reach out to me. He will still desire to touch me so that he can draw me. Draw me into a better place. Amen. It is that touching which comes while I am still impure that is a marvel to me. I can imagine and understand God touching me after I've repented. I, I can imagine the Lord offering me all of His blessings after I have confessed my problem. But he's such a mighty God. He's such an awesome Savior. 
that before I ever reach that place of deserving, he said, I'm going to show you what I feel about you. I'm going to show you what I think about you. I don't care what your issue is saying about you. I want to say something better to you and greater to you than what your issue has declared over your life. Your issue may have called you something that you're really not. And I am calling you what you really are. It is that touch of His when we are undeserving and unclean, stained and marred. It is the hand that is put out to offer me a chance when I don't deserve it. To offer me reconciliation when I have done everything to rebel against Him. When I have thumbed my nose at God and said, I don't need you, God. He still comes softly into my life and He reaches out to touch my garment, to touch my life, to say, hey, you may be going in the wrong direction, but I want to tell you, I still know where you belong. I still know what I have planned for you. I still know what I have purposed for you. I still know what I desire for you. That is the greatest faith that I know of. The greatest touch of faith is that before I am clean and before I am worthy, He will still reach out to my need. A hand that is willing to touch me in my unworthiness. Amen. Because He has faith in my possibilities. Oh God, help us to understand that today. God, help me. I I don't have the words right now to communicate your message to your people, but I know what could do it, Lord. Just stretch out your hand right now over this congregation and touch the heart that has withered and touch the mind that is crippled and touch the spirit that is broken and touch the life that has been marred and help them understand and know that you see greater things in them than their name has declared over them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, he is willing to walk into my life and thrust his hand forth to one who does not merit it. Amen. He lays his hand upon me, his mighty hand upon me. He is the one who comes into my darkness and into my loneliness and he puts his hand out and he embraces me and said I love you he's the one who comes when I am still dirty filthy stinking soiled and he puts the ring on my finger before I can confess my fault, before I can say I'm sorry, the Father has come running and He embraces that long lost child to tell Him, I know where you've been, but what is more important, I want you to know where I'm fixing to take you. (laughs) Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. It was on a broken body that he laid the best robe. It was to an unworthy son who had squandered his life and his living that his daddy came running. 
what an overwhelming love God has for you and I. He reaches for me when I am still in my pig pen. Something touched him because the Bible said when he came to himself, it speaks of something happening in his mind and spirit that awake, there was a, it was like he woke up. Who did that? How did that happen? Who produced that? Somehow, I believe the hand of God reached that young boy even in his filthy, unclean condition and said, son, you are better than your situation and you are better than your present condition. You have a name that has been forgotten, but I want to remind you of who you are. You don't belong here. You belong in the Father's house. Hallelujah. Praise God. I am almost through, believe it or not. He touches me and he lays his hand on me when I don't deserve it. Unhealed, unclean. He touches the hem of my soiled garment and his voice says to my soul, rise up. Try again. Come home. Come back. Turn around. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. He's better to you than your expectation. Yes, he is. Understand this, that when that man cried out to him, he said, if, that's conditional. That means that he understood there was a possibility of rejection. And so the word declares to me that he will be better to me than my expectations. I may just want to come back and be a servant. He said, never, you're my son. Put the best robe on him. Put the ring on his finger. Let's make him who he is again. Stand with me if you will. He touches me and he causes me to rise up again. What would arouse and inspire such action? The touch of faith in my possibilities. That's what it is. It is the touch of faith. He sees in you something better than your name what people are calling you what people are saying about you what life has declared over you what people have insinuated about you he sees in you something better than your history some of us haven't always had the best record but he sees something better in me than my history He sees something better in me than my issue. There are people that come into the house of God that look around at all these other people being blessed and in their mind they say, I know that God could do that for them, but I don't know how God could ever do such a thing for me because I have a problem. I have an issue. I have an addiction. I have a habit. Surely that would block me from God wanting to touch me 
But I tell you right now in the Holy Ghost that there is nothing in your life that he is afraid of. There is nothing in your life that he is intimidated by. There is nothing in your life that would prevent him from wanting to draw you into his arms and remind you of who you are and remind you just how much he loves you. Oh, Lord, for that touch right now upon this place. I feel it right now. I I sense that hand in this place. You, You feel that that urge there's that hope that begins to spring forth there is that 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 unimaginable thing happening he's touched me he's touching me nobody's done that nobody was willing to take a risk nobody was willing to take that kind of chance but he he is and he's doing it right now and he's saying Come on, come on home, come on back, come on, wake up. You're not living the life that I want you to live. You're not living up to your potential. You're not living where I desire you to live. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let me draw you close today. Let me lay my hand upon you. Let me speak words into your life that will change your problem. Be thou clean. And he was immediately. Oh Lord, right now. Hallelujah. Church family, would you just find somebody right now and just lay your hand on them or pray with them right now and ask the Lord to do what he needs to do in their life. Come on. Jesus can. Oh, no yes, one yes, can yes, touch yes. you like Jesus can.